Hi, and welcome to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon, and on today's show, we're joined by New York Times national baseball writer Tyler Kepner, a man of similar sensibilities, as I said last year when we did this show, for our second annual recap of the MLB season surprises. How are you? I'm good, Mark. How are you? We're, we're good. We're ready for the playoffs. Very ready for the playoffs. So here's what we're going to do. It's not a draft. It's not anything particularly hokey. We're just going to talk about the top 10 surprises of the season. They're not necessarily in any order, though I think the first one is the clear number one for the season, and that would be the San Francisco Giants. Now, here's a list. Brandon Crawford's an MVP. Buster Posey and Brandon Belt turn back the clock. Kevin Gossman's an ace. Logan Webb's a breakthrough. Anthony Disclafani is legit. Lamont Wade Jr. is good. Opening day, this team suffers arguably as bad of an opening day loss as you could possibly have to the Mariners. There are some years where your opening day defines your season. 1985 Mets, Gary Carter, home run on opening day. 2003 Mets, Tom Glavin gives up like 10 runs in the first two innings, sets the tone for the whole year. The 2021 Giants had none of that. Their opening day was basically the opposite of their season. Every single thing that happened in those last 160-ish games went their way. And my favorite stat from the year is this. When the Giants sit their MVP candidate and possible future Hall of Fame catcher Buster Posey, they start Kurt Casale. The Giants are 42-12 and 12 when they start Kurt Casale this year. He had five straight shutouts in one stretch. It's actually funny. The way that our defensive run save stat works, catcher ERA is a part of it. And as a result, Buster Posey is somewhat hurt by Kurt Casale just having this incredible run of success when Kurt Casale is a good defensive catcher, but he's not necessarily some sort of superlative. Giants pitchers have a 2-7 ERA when he catches. That, to me, was the biggest surprise stat of the season. What's your, what's your take overall on the Giants and their legitimacy here? Yeah, that, that Kurt Casale stat can only be described as a Vanderbilt product, right? You know, <laughs> uh, Perfect. Bringing his Vandy uh, intelligence there with Yaz and, uh, and Tyler Beattie. Yeah, I mean, the Giants it caught everybody by surprise. I don't think there's any projection system that thought they'd be this good. They've upended a lot of things we think about in terms of age. You know, all their big contributors really are, are over 30, just about. I mean, Wade is younger than that. But, you know, even some of their pitchers over 30, and and they've been great. I mean, it's a real credit to to Gabe Kapler and, and Farhan Zaidi and, and the coaching staff there. You know, their bullpen has been terrific. All credit to them. I mean, I kept everybody, I think, kept thinking they would go away and the Dodgers would pass them because the Dodgers look better on paper. But the Giants have just kept it going. I mean, you know, really, I think it's been the story of the season, you know, from a team perspective, because, you know, nobody really saw this at all. It really is. And a couple of things. One, I think if you were giving coaching staff of the year, you would have to give it to the Giants. Pitching, amazing. Hitting. The home runs, ridiculous. Defense, they always seem to be in the right spot. They even can take a defender like a Wilmer Flores, who's not very good, and they make him into an okay defender because all he has to do is be in front of the ball and and handle it when it's hit to him. Now, uh, I guess the question would be, does this have staying power through 180 games, or is it like Billy Bean, you know, my stuff doesn't work in the postseason kind of thing? You know, I, I think any team can can win if they're good enough to to get to the playoffs and, and certainly good enough to win 100 games. You can see a scenario where they get hot for a month. Um, I think all of these teams have have had a month or so stretch where they've been hot. Can they win in, in the playoffs? I, I don't know. I mean, I, we've seen enough examples in the postseason of different types of teams winning it. So I, I don't I don't see why they couldn't. 
the, the way they use their their pitchers. They don't ask too too much of these guys, and then they've got you know really good bullpen arms to to back it up. You get plenty of days off in the postseason, so so that'll help uh, an older team. I don't know if I make them the favorite, but no one made them the favorite, so certainly shouldn't be a surprise if a team that wins a hundred and five games or so wins the World Series. The other thing that's crazy is you think of everything that they've done right, and they still don't have it. They still don't have the division clinched because the Dodgers are just that good, and they're they're two games up. Like you literally, if you had a checkbox of all the things that had to go right, every one of them has gone right, and they're still only two games up at the time of this taping. All right, what's your what's your first surprise to bring up? Well, I, I'm never surprised that the Tampa Bay Rays are good. They've earned that expectation. I think uh, over the last 13, 14 years, really. But I am surprised if, if, if you would have said that the starting pitching they had last October, primarily Tyler Glasnow and Charlie Morton and Blake Snell, three pretty good starting pitchers, that they would have none of them anymore. It, w- it would have been hard to, to see a pathway that, for this team to be the best in the American League. And yet here they are. They trade Snell. And even in year one, I think they, they're they happy with that deal. Getting Patino, who's been okay, and, and getting Mejia, the, the catcher, who's, who's been pretty good, the switch hitting catcher. Yes, yeah, so that trade worked. Letting Charlie Morton walk. I mean, he's been great for Atlanta, but they figured it out. Glass now was terrific in 14 starts. He got hurt. He's, he's out. But they figured it out. You know, they signed Rich Hill. He's leading the team in starts, and they trade him. <laughs> they have, <laughs> they have uh, Diego Castillo. He's leading the teams in saves still, and they trade him. They just continually find players all throughout the roster, but specifically here in the starting pitching. You look right now, they have nobody who's pitched more than 150 innings. Um, that's Ryan Yarbrough, and he has a 5 ERA. Shane McClanahan, who had never played in, in and had no regular season experience until this year, has done a great job there in 24 starts. Michael Walk has been up and down. I mean, these are not guys, Josh Fleming, guys who are going to get you too, too excited. But you know what? In combination with the way they distribute innings, they do the job. Drew Rasmussen, they get in the trade and Fire Eisen has been good. And 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 Colin McHugh has been excellent. Uh, they just figure it out. And I think it's not a surprise that the Rays figure it out. But they've got Shane Boz now, and he looks good too. So again, like they'll probably win the win the pennant, win the World Series, baby. <laughs> who knows? And we'll all still be trying to figure out how they do it. But just to just to be specific in a surprise category, it's the way they've somehow won despite losing. You know, let's say all their starting pitching from from uh, from last October. So they have a three seven ERA this year, second best in the American League. But their top four guys in innings, Yarbrough, McClanahan, Waka, Fleming, three of those guys have ERAs of five or worse. It's like, wild. It's, it really is crazy. What's their playoff rotation even going to be? Does it even matter? I mean, like, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, if, if the guy's not doing well, they'll, 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 or even if he is doing well, they'll, they'll pull him early. They'll mix and match. I mean, they'll the go three innings at a time. Yeah, the postseason format just works perfectly for the Rays. You know, with the off days, you know, you're never more than a day or two away from day of rest. And we saw last year that at the end, some of those guys did get a little tired. But they hope to have, and they usually do have, enough volume of really good arms that they find a way through it. So I don't even know. I mean, I, McClanahan, Shane Boz, Yarborough, Waka, 
opener, whoever. <laughs> like Rasmussen, they'll they're still winning. They're still winning. They'll, yep. they'll, they'll probably keep winning and surprising us all. The amazing race. Absolutely. So I do think that it's cool that the first two that we brought up, these are really true teams. These are teams that are one to beyond 25. These are like one to 35 teams plus coaching again, certainly playing a role, Kevin Cash and his staff. All right. Coming out of nowhere, I want to talk about pitchers for my second surprise. I have a small list. Uh, I like it, but I think you might have a name or two to add to it. So if you had Ranger Suarez as being a five-war pitcher in 100 innings, if you had Nestor Cortez being the pitcher that stabilized the Yankees, if you had Eric Lauer being a really nice number four piece for a Brewer team that has overwhelmingly good top three starters, if you had Carlos Rodon, who seems to be hurt every other week in previous years, who had a lot of promise putting it all together this year, and if you had Chris Flexen coming back from Korea to emerge as a number one caliber starter for the Seattle Mariners. Congratulations to you. What the heck happened with all these guys? How are they suddenly good? I guess the real test will come in the, in the second year, you know, if, if they're still good after the league uh, adjusts to them and after an off season and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, some of these guys, uh, you know, where would Seattle be without Chris Flexen, as, as you say, you know, the Phillies to even still be alive, Ranger Suarez, who would have ever counted on, on, on him so, yeah, it, it's one of the great things about baseball, though, Mark, isn't it, that it just happens every year that we find these guys who learn a new pitch or, or finally get healthy or c- come up with a new sequence or just just get on a roll of confidence and success, and they become something that nobody expected. I think you know the teams that can find enough of those guys to outperform their previous levels, they really do well because these guys are, tend to be cheap, too. They tend to be bargains, and if you can get a lot of production for a little bit of money, it goes yeah. a long way. We're not necessarily going to do playoff talk, but just maybe a paragraph. uh, I mentioned a Brewer pitcher and a White Sox pitcher. What are your takes on those teams going into the postseason? The Brewers could be really dangerous as the Giants and Dodgers play stressful games down the stretch and use their guys to try to avoid that one game. Playoff, the Brewers already have clinched it and, and, and have a lot of really, really good strikeout pitchers. You know, primarily Woodruff and Burns and Peralta and then out there in the bullpen with Hayter. They, they they could be really, really tough. They're going to be a team no one wants to play. And, yeah, I mean, they they, they built up the depth with, with Lauer. Hauser's done a good job. So, yeah, all credit to the Brewers because they are, are – this is probably their best team, you know, maybe since that 82 team. I mean, and they've had good teams. They had LCS teams in, in 11 and in 18. And I'd be surprised if this team doesn't get to the at least the LCS too. Right. You mentioned the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, you know, they came out really, really strong. And, um, you know, I, I think certainly early, you, you know, you, you would have thought they'd, they'd end up with, uh, you know, more wins than, than, than they've had. But there's plenty there to, to like. Again, a, a lot of good arms. They ended up, you know, early in the season, you thought they, you know, they all might be like 200 inning guys and whatnot. And, and, and they backed off some of them because injury and whatnot. But they certainly will head into the postseason with, uh, with a really strong staff, you know, Kimbrel has not done as well as they, as they thought, but he's still an elite arm. Hendricks has given them everything they could ask for um, with that contract. And, you know, that's a dangerous offense. They go up there to hit and, you know, they can do a, a ton of damage. I think they can probably be pitched to, but again, you never know. I mean, with, with these guys, they have elite talent. And sometimes if that, 
the lead talent comes together in an October setting, it, it can carry it for a series or two. It wouldn't be a yeah. shock for them to make the World Series. No, I wouldn't. And I predicted them, you know, they were my AL pick at the beginning of the year. So yep. I guess I ought to stick with them. I don't feel quite as comfortable with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, certainly you can see it. They, they, they are a, they're a stacked team. All right. I've done two surprises. What's your second surprise? I had the, just the Mariners in general. I mean, I, I don't I don't put too much focus on that that trade of Graveman because I thought, you know, well, they, they Toro is is, is going to help them. And he has. And I just I mean, it's Kendall Graveman. He's, he's, he's a good pitcher, but um, it's not like they were trading Bruce Suter. I mean, the, the <laughs> team, the team kind of reacted like, oh, my God, you know, you're, you're trading. Yeah, like uh, worked out fine. Bruce Gossage in his prime. It's like, nah, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's been really good and they sold high on a guy and, and that's, that can be smart. Uh, and, and to their credit, they've, they've played great. I think what's surprising is that, well, first of all, they haven't been playoffs in 20 years. So that's always going to be a surprise, but I don't think anybody really expected this to be the year. I don't think they did internally or else they might've been you know, a little more aggressive at the trade deadline. They, they've had some guys. I mean, if you had said the Mariners would be this good without getting very much from from Kyle Lewis, Evan White. I mean, some of the guys they had really sort of pinned their hopes on. I would have been surprised. But again, you know, Chris Flexen being you know a number one starter, uh, Tyler Anderson coming over and, and and you know stabilizing things and, and getting a lot of good work from several unheralded guys in the bullpen like Sadler and Seawald and Streckenrider. That's what has to happen if you're going to be a if you're going to be a playoff team. But even again, Kikuchi being a, a, an all star and then disappearing in the second half, getting skipped in the rotation and everything. A lot of things have not gone well. Kalanick coming up and he's playing a lot, but he's he's in one seventy six. So even with these things not going their way, the fact that they're where they are is 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 relatively shocking. Paul Seawald is a great example of someone who just made a small change going to that three quarter look instead of going over the top and it completely changed his career. Like he's, he's viewed, he was a Met reject. He and Chris Flexen were both Met That's rejects. Right. That's and, right. and now Flexen is number one and Seawald is like this, I don't know, like a David Robertson type or something. He's got 99 strikeouts and 62 innings and 11 saves. It's ridiculous. So this is funny. This is a magic trick. What the Mariners have done this year. If you, if you take, wins above replacement and add up all the players on a team, you generally get a list at the end of the teams from best to worst. Dodgers, Giants, Blue Jays, Astros, White Sox, Rays, Brewers, Red Sox, Yankees, Reds. Those are your top bunch. The Mariners are 19th in team wins above replacement. The team above them is the Rockies. The two teams behind them are the Marlins and the Nationals. The Mariners and the Marlins basically have the same wins above replacement from their players for the season. The Mariners are going to win 90, potentially, and the Marlins are potentially going to lose 95, 96, 97. Crazy. That's why it's a surprise. Yeah, it's all about the fun differential, not the run differential, as (laughs) they say. It totally is. I I mean, yeah, it's, it's wild. War works. But not always. I think that's that's the best way to, to kind of to kind of put it. It really like if if the Giants hadn't done what they'd done, the Mariners would be by far the craziest story. All right. So my third is craterings, and this is just a general theme. Whether it's Cody Bellinger, who I think is number one on the list for this, Michael Conforto from the Mets going into a free agent year, Victor Robles from the Nationals, the Padres and the Mets in general, Profar, 
Jackie Bradley Jr., his hitting completely disappeared on a yeah. on a really good team. He stayed in the lineup with his defense. But boy, he's hitting like 140. Carlos Santana, David Fletcher, other guys like that. Any of any of these stick out to you? Something that we should make something particularly of? I, I'm like the Cody Bellinger one popping up everything. Like it just he looked completely off. His timing looked completely off every time he faced the Giants. I watched a good number of those games. He just looked he didn't look right. Yeah, I think that's certainly, you know, because he was the uh MVP a couple of years ago, that certainly stands out. It's, it's kind of similar to Christian Yelich last year, where he had been an MVP, and 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 he still really hasn't, um, you know, been the Christian Yelich of old. Certainly, I mean, he's a it's slugging under 400. You know, he's had injuries, but you know, he has only had what, let's see, 463 plate appearances. But that's enough to where you should have more than nine home runs if if you're Christian Yelich. So again, that's another you know reason that the Brewers have been. Um, Pretty remarkable. I mean, they, they've gotten more out, much more out of shortstop with Willie Adamas than, than they get from a uh, left field with 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 Yelich. So it's two years in a row for him. I wouldn't say cratered, but you know, he still gets on base. Yeah, you know, you, you wonder there. But yeah, I mean, there's there's some. I mean, you mentioned you know on your list there, uh, Carlos Santana, and you know the Royals. I, I liked what the Royals did and what they were trying to do last year in in, in getting. Ben attendee and in, in, in getting Santana and getting Mike Miner, you know, just just some solid veteran types and spending a little bit of money and, and not just being content to, to just be bad. But none of those guys have really done that great. And their their young pitching hasn't hasn't taken that next step up. You, you can a lot of these teams are coin flips. And if the flip comes up, comes up uh, the right way, then you can have a really good season. If, I mean, if you get all of them coming up the right way, but with the Royals, additions it kind of seems like everything went down and, and and i don't it's not like they are in terrible shape i mean sal perez had a tremendous season yep he could, um, be, on, he could be on a on a good surprise list certainly yeah but i a lot of those those veteran stabilizers really really ended up not adding much and, and, and i think uh yeah unfortunately santana is uh is in that list the mets and the padres and their at the end of the season uh, with the Mets. So I said all year that it felt like the Mets were the team that was drawing a three when their opponent was drawing a two in a game of high card. And then finally that caught up to them the last 70, 80 games or so where their opponents started, started drawing fours when the Mets were drawing threes and the Mets just never elevated. Uh, with San Diego, is there something that you make of, of their total collapse at the end of the season? Well, yeah, I mean that's that is pretty shocking. I, I think that I mean no one would be surprised if if there's changes there, and in, in, because they already switched the pitching coach uh, late in the year, and, and and that didn't work, and and that's usually the the, the first sign that a managerial change or something might follow. I'm not close enough to the situation to know you know the inner workings of that. That tends to be what 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 follows. You know the Padres the Padres had a lot have a lot of arms on paper that look great if you stack up Musgrove, who's been steady and terrific, but Musgrove, Darvish, Snell, Paddock, Lamette, Clevenger, they have a lot of, of that has the makings of, of a great rotation, but the problem is Clevenger had Tommy John, and they invested a lot of guys in him, including Cal Quantrill, who's been very good for Cleveland. Weathers, I could add him in there too, but he's very young. Paddock has not really stayed healthy and has never really fulfilled the promise he showed in 19. Snell hasn't stayed healthy and he hadn't certainly didn't didn't build off the World Series that he had last year. Darvish has been up and down, mostly down lately. 
so they really their pitching is besides Musgrove, you know, and Lamette just can't can't stay healthy and 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 be that guy that you know we thought he was going to be. So they haven't had the, the pitching really to support that offense. They added they added uh, Adam Frazier, who was the you know leading the league and in hits at the time, and he hasn't made a, a, a huge impact. You know, he's he's, a, he's an excellent player, but I think they bought they they bought high on him. So yeah, a lot of things just haven't really gone their way. And 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 even though they were never really close to to getting to getting Max Scherzer, the fact that that you know was out there, unfortunately, even though it wasn't wasn't happening, that kind of does illustrate the difference between them and 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 the and the Dodgers, who were yep. thought to be their big rival all year. And it turns out it was Dodgers Giants, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm pretty shocked that they're going to be uh, around 500 or so because because they sure looked like a lot of fun for the first half. A lot of those great Dodger Padre games from the first half are going to be kind of like uh, afterthoughts. And uh, all right, so what's your number three surprise after uh, I did the craterings? Yeah, I think the Tigers. I to say that the Tigers and Mets would have roughly the same record. <laughs> uh, I don't know who that says more about, but it says a lot about both of them. I'm very surprised that Detroit has has hung in there. You know they're not going to be a a ninety loss team. I thought they could be a ninety five loss team or, or, or so. I mean, this is a team that's it's finished. You know, since, since their last playoff appearance in twenty fourteen, they finished last, and they had a good year in sixteen, but then last again, another ninety eight loss season, one hundred fourteen loss season, last in the pandemic year, and now here they are. They're very respectable. You know, the Twins have have, have disappointed in that division. And, and kind of gave them a little bit of room to to move up. And, and they have, you know, in the first year under A.J. Hinch, they're showing some real progress. And now there's some talk that that they're ready to spend. Uh, oh, by the way, Justin Verlander, their old friend, is going to be out there on the uh, on the market, be the perfect pitcher to bring in uh, as he pursues some career milestones and, and mentors some of those uh, impressive young pitchers they have. Who knows if it's going to happen, but there certainly is a lot of connection there with Hinch and Verlander with the city of Detroit and Verlander. That's getting ahead of ourselves, but it would be a nice narrative, you know, to see Verlander go back there and maybe try to win a championship in his when he turns forty or, or forty two or something. But yeah, they've gotten a, a lot out of out of some of their young pitchers. Casey Mize is coming along well. You know, of course, they got the no hitter out of Turnbull, but then he got hurt. But a lot of 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 reasons for to be encouraged there in Detroit. And I didn't see this this coming this fast for these guys. Yeah, they definitely, I think, overachieved at least a little bit. But again, Mize, Scooble get the innings. Matt Manning gets experience. He didn't pitch particularly well. They identify Gregory Soto as a potential closer or eighth inning guy in the future. They have clear needs like shortstop, Carlos Correa or Trevor Story are probably going to get a phone call at some point, you would think, just based on that. That's their most blatant need. They also established the young guy, Akil Badu having a, a very nice potential rookie of the year type season after he was a rule five pick. So he's someone that they build on as a block for the future. All right, let's go to the number four one. So my MVP on a bad team, I think it's fairly clear. Cedric Mullins gave up switch hitting. He went 30-30 this year. He makes a ton of exciting plays. He doesn't strike out an exorbitant amount. Mark Craig likes to say that such and such gets all the UZRs. Cedric Mullins gets all the wars because he's among the top uh, players in the American League this year by wins above replacement. A, a, a surprise on a bad team who turned out to be an MVP candidate. Cedric Mullins has been fantastic. Who's your number four? Yeah, Mullins has been great. 
My number four, I, I, I think the Phillies, I mean, if you, if you had talked about, if you had said that the Mets would lose their best player for the whole second half, that's DeGrom. The Braves would lose their best player for the whole second half, that's Acuna. The Nats would lose Strasburg for the entire season, just about, and give up and trade everybody at the All-Star break. And the Marlins would, would not have Sixto Sanchez at all, and they would trade their best player. Starling Marte. You would have said all those things and that the Phillies would be relatively healthy and that Harper would play like an MVP and Wheeler would pitch like a Cy Young. If that was all you knew, you would think the Phillies would be running away with this division easily and they're not going to win it. I mean, they're, they're very, it's slipping away when they needed it most. They, they had 20 scoreless innings in a row from their offense against the Pirates and, and, and the Braves. They probably will finish with a 500 record for the first time since 2011 or with a, a winning record. But if Seattle makes the playoffs, the Phillies are going to have the longest playoff drought. And this was a year that it was just served up to them. Dave Dombrowski went out and made a very creative deal with Texas in which he got essentially two starters because by getting Ian Kennedy, he was able to move Ranger Suarez to the rotation and he got Kyle Gibson in the, in the deal. And so you look at them and say, well, you have Wheeler, Suarez and Gibson, those are all been pretty good, but Nola has has really let them down. That's been a big factor. They haven't played good. They have not played well on defense, and the injuries they've had have kind of exposed them. You know, Brad Miller has had a really nice year off the bench to you know, 20 home runs, but he's not an everyday player, and, and, and Reese Hoskins is, and Hoskins went down after the trade deadline, so they couldn't really do anything about that. They got major regression from Alec Bohm, their third baseman, who was so good last year and was picked so high in the draft. Herrera's done a good job in center field, but they never really solved that position. They they tried several guys out there, so they're thin. I mean, Therese has done a nice job as a backup, but he's he's a backup. So it is really surprising, I think, that the Phillies, first of all, that the bullpen hurt them as much this year as it did last year, because you thought that was kind of a once in a generation poor bullpen, and and uh, it's been pretty bad again. All those factors were pointing for uh, the Phillies to win this thing. They have spent they spent money really well on big money guys Harper Wheeler Segura McCutcheon for the most part you know they're spending the money right but the lack of production from their farm system and just the the utter kind of disappointment <laughs> that they've been is a surprise because I would have thought this would be the year they break through. They are an example of something that we like to say here at Sports Info Solutions that it's very hard to be a good team when you are a terrible defensive team, as yeah. the Phillies were for much of the year. And some of those early losses that can be attributed to their defense come back to bite them. The Phillies are ranked 30 in defensive run save this year, which allows me to segue to my fifth and last surprise, which is has a defensive theme attached to it. I mentioned the Casale stat before. That's my favorite stat of the season. My second favorite stat of the season is that Nolan Arenado has seven defensive runs saved this year. That's respectable. That's a little bit below what Nolan Arenado typically does. Rockies third baseman this season have 24 defensive runs saved without Nolan Arenado because Arenado's cousin, Josh Fuentes, and Ryan McMahon, who would win my uh, award for shorthanded player of the year, have combined for 24 defensive runs saved at the position. If you had said before the season started that Rockies third base was going to basically be the best defensive position in baseball, other than maybe one or two others, you never would have believed it. And I just think that that's really cool that it worked out that way. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's that's, that's, that's it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense, but 
you know, somehow it happens. What's your five? My fifth surprise would be just the 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 impressive uh, and essential depth of the Houston Astros starting pitching. Uh, you know, they we remember them in the World Series not very long ago, 2019, when they had those three big aces out there, Hall of Fame type guys: Verlander, Granke, Garrett Cole. Wow. All of them are are, are gone now. Uh, Verlander's hurt. Cole is long gone. Granke is on the injured list and and he faded a lot in the second half. And so here they are. They they got the second best record in the league. McCullers has been there a while. You know he's 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 always been a pretty stable guy when he's healthy. But Luis Garcia, we got a little taste of him in the playoffs last year. He's been fabulous. Framber Valdez again came into his own in the playoffs last year. He's been great. Urquidy we know has been very good. Odorizzi's been solid. That was kind of a fortunate pickup, uh, you know, when when uh, Valdez went down in spring training. They thought it was going to be a lot worse uh, than it ended up being, but they got Odorizzi, so they got depth. But they, you know, people kind of tend to discredit the Astros, understandably, because of the trash can banging and all that. But they built something really special there, and they they still have a lot of depth uh, that we're seeing. You know, Christian Javier has been the stabilizer in the bullpen. Um, going out and trading for Ryan Presley a few years ago, how important has that been? They're a very, very deep team in terms of pitching, and it's it, it's surprising to think that with the three big horses they had just two years ago, that they could turn that around and, and, and have a very, very strong, deep pitching staff. They catch the ball too. Carlos Correa having the best season for a shortstop in defensive runs saved. Uh, and in the outfield, they catch balls as well. Uh, their outfielders, all three in the positive, the team fifth in defensive runs saved this season. So be sure to sneak that plug in for the Astros defense. And also for the best quote in baseball, my favorite manager to listen to, one Dusty Baker. He's special. Tyler Kepner, national baseball writer for the New York Times. Thank you for taking the time to join us and enjoy the postseason. Thanks a lot, Mark. Always fun. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.